Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Saturday, February 12th, 2022, and I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by Cody Roadcap. Cody, how are you feeling on this beautiful Super Bowl weekend? How am I feeling? Uh, not the best. <laughs> you can tell by my raspy voice, I am currently dealing. I'm on the COVID-19 list, uh, but because we record virtually, I can still be a part of it. Uh, but I'm here for moral support more than anything. Yep, you're going to get to hear my voice a little bit extra today, so anyone can start clicking off of this episode. We can part about, what, 40 seconds in is when we can start seeing a major drop-off in our metrics. Anyway, um, what we're going to cover today, we're going to hit some NFL news and notes, some quotes of the week. We're going to update our NFL Play of Challenge roster and update it on the standings, just like some people should update their names out there. That means you, Bo Dot Dot. And we're going to preview the Super Bowl and give some Super Bowl score predictions. Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and on our social media channels for more than you get from this episode. Why don't we jump into NFL news? Starting off in NFL news, we have been talking coaching updates and what seems like the longest coaching cycle in NFL history. Well, it is finally over. We've had four vacancies filled since our last recording last week. I'll just go through them here quick. The Jaguars landed former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. The Dolphins got 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, who I will say I'm thoroughly enjoyed of the memes going around of him looking like a Starbucks barista this week. (laughs) The Saints promoted defensive coordinator Dennis Allen. And the one I want to hit a little bit extra here is the Texans promoting their defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith. So there was a lot of talk out there this week that the Texans planned on hiring Josh McCown, the former quarterback before the Brian Flores lawsuit. And then they changed their tone and decided to go with Lovey Smith after all of the the fallout started to come out. So I have a question posed out to Cody here. Is that still discrimination just in the opposite? Uh, Probably. I'll have to say it. It's definitely fishy on how, you mentioned this is the longest coaching search we've feel like we've ever had. And the Texans basically spent four weeks and never mentioned Lovey Smith. There was rumors that Josh McCown was like, they put out finalists, a list of finalists. There was three of them and he wasn't on it. And then it was like, Oh, let's interview Lovey Smith after. And he got the job, which don't get me wrong. I think Lovey Smith is a, is a good head coach. The Bears have only had one 10-win season or one 10 wins or more since he left, uh, I believe, almost a decade ago. So shout out to Lovey Smith for getting another opportunity. I know he was made a big impact at Illinois. He did great work with that defense there. So he was definitely worthy of getting an opportunity. Um, but there is definitely some gray area with this hire, in my opinion, based on what we heard with the Brian Flores lawsuit, the fact that they just fired David Colley after one year to go with a guy on the staff uh, doesn't, it seems all very weird, but I still just wish nothing but the best for, for Levy Smith. I agree. And I think there's definitely probably worse that could have come along than, you know, going for Lovey Smith. It is interesting that it is his third go around as a head coach. Most of the time in the NFL, you don't get three go arounds as a head coach. You get two and you're done. Um, but it is fishy how he wasn't on their finalist list. It's funny that you mentioned David Culley because he also was a coach of color. And I think even though we talk mostly about the Dolphins firing their coach in a very weird situation, David Culley was a close second, I think. He made 
a fairly decent and competitive team out of nothing there in Houston. And then all of a sudden he's just gone from what seems to be not his fault. It almost seems like the Texans were trying to right a wrong with this hire. I really hope they just decide to go with the experience of Lovey Smith rather than going with Josh McCown, who does not really have any coaching experience. He basically is going straight from quarterback and you know, retiring, I think it was before this season, straight into a head coaching role. That does seem like a lot, even though he is loved in the NFL circle. I'm just hoping that it was an experience thing and nothing to do with race and the Texans trying to correct it. But if you have nothing to add, I can move us out of the coaching search and into the biggest news from the touch football game last week. I, I mean, the Pro Bowl last week, and that would be the Saints running back Alvin Kamara situation. He was arrested in Vegas after the Pro Bowl for battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. So the story out there from Kamara apparently talking to the police after the incident, he said he and a few friends beat a man up after he called one of them ugly. The man suffered multiple injuries, including a broken orbital bone in his face. We are waiting to hear more on the legal status of Kamara, but the charge does carry up to a five-year sentence in the state of Nevada, and he is also expected to receive, at minimum, a four- to six-week suspension from the NFL. Yeah, I know. that was. I didn't watch the Pro Bowl. I'll put that out there. I didn't. Um, so I thought watching the highlights when I realized that when people are like, well, the Pro Bowl is... They should just play touch football, and then they were literally playing touch football at some point. So it was very exactly. based on the highlights. Definitely a very weird, weird game. Um, but seeing the news break, it was it was kind of crazy. You know, you always think you know Alvin Kamara. He he's never put off that you know bad player persona, like bad attitude guy. Um, it seems like he got caught up in the being in the wrong moment or the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but he'll have to pay for, or I shouldn't say pay. He'll have to make p or. Pay, we're just going to go back to word pay. About to pay for his consequences um, for the decision that he made uh, to be a part of that. Um, we'll definitely be interested to see if he avoids jail time, if it's because it was a group effort, like what happens there. Um, but yeah, just another reminder that your life can change in an instant. So make sure you're you're thinking about all the consequences when you when you make a decision. Definitely. That is a lesson in that. But uh, I think the other big thing I've heard from this situation is people had warned that it was a bad idea to get all these NFL players together in Vegas because that was the host city of the Pro Bowl this year. And then, of course, something happens with somebody being dumb, probably being drunk after the Pro Bowl. So be careful in a party town. We always talk about like I think the last year we talked about multiple players having legal troubles in the offseason because they were just weren't busy and just we're just out there getting into trouble. We'll obviously see if that happens more again this offseason, but it started off really early for Alvin Kamara. And I don't want to really talk too much about into next year and fantasy terms or anything else, but we got to keep an eye on somebody like a Mark Ingram, who I think is on a one-year contract. He should be a free agent this year. He is an older running back, but he showed that he still had something left in the tank this year when he played for an injured Kamara. He might be someone that now returns next year and gets a prominent role if not for the whole season, at least for the start of the season, definitely something in this whole general. We'll talk about this whole thing as the offseason progresses. One more bit of news. The NFL announced regular season games in Germany over the next four seasons. They are also said that there will be a total of five international games in the 2022 season alone, three of them in England, 
one in Germany, and one in Mexico City. I think my biggest takeaway from this announcement is the NFL strongly believes that COVID will not be that much of an issue next year. There was obviously no international games in 2020 because of the COVID pandemic. There was not even really fans in the stands in the U.S. This year, they limited their England games to two, but they still did make the trip across the pond. Next year, they're going all in with five, which I don't think they've had five in as long as I can remember. They've had four games in England and then that canceled Mexico City game a few years back. But still, I think Max, they've had his four or five is going all in with this no COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, or at least that they're expecting that the world has come to a place where they can deal with COVID. I don't think COVID's going away, um, yeah. but they have protocols in place, treatments, vaccines, etc. cetera. Um, I also think it's worth reminding everyone that now that there's a 17-game season, uh, the home team that has the extra home game each year uh they're put into a rotation to play those games because no one likes to give up a home game for example um so if you're if your team has a ninth home game they're more likely to get sent over uh to play an international game uh this upcoming season and i do believe it was already announced though that the jags will play a home game in london like they do uh pretty much every year Uh, i know the packers are the only team that hasn't played across the pond yet uh so i'm they have a ninth home game this season, so I would expect the Green Bay Packers to be one of the teams that are playing in one of those games this upcoming season. And yes, it's important to note that is the NFC with the extra home game this year. This past year was the AFC. That is going to keep rotating until I'm sure in maybe even as soon as next year or two years from now, but sometime in the near future, game 18 is going to be added. I think it's just a matter of is it going to add another bye week or whatever the CBA has that um, will change. But until then, it's the NFC this year with the extra home game. You're probably going to see a lot of NFC home games in international markets this year. But we'll see how that breaks out. And I think they said that we will be hearing the international schedule before the actual schedule release. So keep an eye on that as we get closer to free agency and the new league year. Cody, I think that's enough of NFL news. We can jump right on into quotes of the week. Quotes of the week. We're going to start it off in Atlanta, where Falcons owner Arthur Blank had a postseason press conference and talked about the future of Calvin Ridley. He said, we'd love him to stay in Atlanta, whether or not he wants to do that. He may decide he wants a fresh start somewhere else. We don't know that. I don't know that. I don't have information to indicate that, but we'll see how it plays out. I know that was very broad. It was not the greatest quote, but I think it's a good thing to start looking at how the Falcons are going to handle Calvin Ridley in this offseason. There's already been some trade talks coming out, but it sounds like the Falcons are going to leave it up to Calvin Ridley and he can control if he wants to return to Atlanta next year or if he thinks it's best for his mental health if he moves on to a new team in a new city. I still appreciate that Calvin Ridley was able to stick his neck out for um, mental health issues. I'm like that the Falcons are giving him that leeway. This seems like it's so much of a different situation than even this would have been three years ago if this same, if he came out with the same claims. No, I completely agree. And it it is kudos to the Falcons for, you know, letting him take the time he needs, let him figure out what's best for his body, his mind. Um, And then also, you know, they've supported him through this and saying we want him back, uh, but we understand he needs to do what's best for him. Uh, Or on the football side of it, though, if you're talking trades, 
you know, you think Calvin Ridley, you think this young star wide receiver. Unfortunately, I don't think the Falcons could get a lot for him in a trade. Like, I think the best would be like a third round pick, maybe a fourth round pick. Um, they could probably end up with a third, but he'll be one year left on his deal. A guy coming off of walking away from football for half a season, not 100% sure on his commitment. Now, again, we are very thankful that he they were allowed to take it away. But if you're trying to build your team, it is hard to give up draft capital for a guy that you would need 100% commitment from him going into the season. And then in the back of your mind, you'd still have that going, well, he might have to do what's best for him, which we respect. But we don't want to give up a first-round pick for that guy, which is understandable. And again, it would be a one-year deal. Um, so for a third round pick, like the Patriots make a ton of sense. If he does want to get traded, you know, go work for the, you know, go be with Bill Belichick, be the number one receiver or the true number one receiver in that offense. Uh, but if it's only ends up being a third or fourth round pick, Calvin Ridley on the chiefs just seems like something destined to happen going into this upcoming season. Two other teams that I would think about, uh, the Cleveland Browns, if they decide they want to try to upgrade their wide receiver room to build around Baker Mayfield since they lost OBJ, that might be a team I'd keep an eye on. And there's a lot of buzz on Eagles Twitter about the Eagles trying to go out and get a compliment to Devontae Smith in a Calvin Ridley. So we'll see what the price is going to be in the offseason. We'll see if he even decides to move in the offseason. I still think it's yeah, major props to the Falcons for giving him the opportunity to make that decision. It sounds like himself. We can stay in the NFC South and we're going to move to the Saints. Uh, Saints defensive end Cam Jordan was talking about their former head coach, Sean Payton. He said, you're talking about a guy who has always had the plan. He plays chess, not checkers. So in my mind, he's going to a bigger market. And I think this feeds into Sean Payton's uh, press conference when he said he was giving up the Saints head coaching job when he did not commit to retirement. And a lot of people had thought that he was going to come back around at some point. And it seems like the biggest place that he wants to go is Dallas. So it is setting up that if Mike McCarthy does not have a great year in Dallas this year, Sean Payton may end up as their head coach. That is if they decide not to keep one of their coordinators in that situation as well. Yeah, I'd be very interested. I said it when he first retired, it's going to line up to be in Dallas. Dallas would be the next place he, he, if he wants to head coach. Um, I still think he'll get a pretty nice TV deal. So he might do TV for a few years before coming back to the the sidelines. Again, that goes... John right Gruden-esque, kind of. Yeah, John Gruden-esque, but that goes right into what Cam Jordan's saying. He's playing chess, not checkers. He goes gets to take two, three years, call TV, be a personality, see if he likes that. Maybe he loves it and wants to be that for the rest of his life. If he doesn't, he knows he has job opportunities available if he says he's coming back. So... I think Cam Jordan, he was one of the, the leaders in that locker room, the leaders for the Saints, and probably pretty close with Sean Payton. So I think he knows exactly what he's saying when he made that quote. Agreed. And we will see if he does get any network deals, especially because I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling come up in the next few years with the new TV deal coming in. Amazon's looking for some new pieces. They might be snatching some people from CBS or NBC there's going to be a lot of openings and a lot of shuffling around on the networks. The NFL on TV is going to look and sound a lot different in two years than it does now. But you know, if you've watched the couch GMs enough that we like food quotes and we got one of the better food quotes in Super Bowl media week this week. And it comes from Bengals tight end CJ Uzama. 
when he was asked what he would do if the Bengals win the Super Bowl. He said, you put Skyline Chili in a swimming pool and I'll dive in there and eat my way out. <laughs> I don't have too much to say about this, but man, I feel that. I got two questions for you. Okay. One, did you know, do you know what Skyline Chili is? Yes. So apparently that part of the country does chili slightly differently and don't they put it on French fries or something like that? But it is, it is a kind of chili. Right. So Skyline Chili. It's like a, it's like a chain restaurant. Right. It's so I'm still confused because Skyline Chili is a chain restaurant and, you know, people put it on hot dogs, like just like chili hot dogs and they call that Skyline Mm -hmm. Chili. But from my understanding, actual Skyline Chili is chili with pasta noodles in it. Like that's what. Oh, that's what it is. That's what Skyline Chili is. Because even when uh, I was in Cincinnati this past season for the Packers game, uh, Chance, Chance, my cousin, who's the Bengals fan I went with, he was like, we got to get Skyline Chili. And I'm like, dude, I don't want chili with pasta noodles. Like, no, we'll just get like chili hot dogs from Skyline Chili. I'm like, but then are we really having Skyline Chili? So if you're from a Cincinnati out there, if you're a Bengals fan, if you're a Skyline Chili truther, let us know if it counts if you just had Skyline Chili on a chili hot dog or if you're not really experienced unless you have the chili with the pasta noodles in it. It honestly sounds like you had to have the full experience with the pasta noodles. That might not be bad. It's almost like a different kind of a meat sauce on a spaghetti that you would see, I would think. But very interesting situation. And moral of the story, C.G. Ozama must love it. And he will get very close. I hope someone holds him to this quote if the Bengals do win. (laughs) But we'll see what happens. They probably have a party for him at the Bengals facility, and they would bring out like a dunk take with Skyline Chili and just like like, let fans throw – um, the te- the baseballs or the tennis balls out there trying to dunk <laughs> CJ Uzama. Um, That's be... not on the rundown, yeah. uh, but I do have a quote and then a comment since we're talking okay. the Bengals. Um, I forget who it was from the Bengals staff or not the Bengals staff, the Bengals players. Um, he was asked about how hard will it be to like stay focused on the Super Bowl going to LA since you're from Cincinnati, it's a smaller city stuff like that and he said Zach Taylor made a deal he said he'll buy us all plane tickets for after the Super Bowl back to LA to experience LA if we stay focused locked in and get the dub so one pretty it's a cool idea for the coach hey I'll get you all tickets to come back to this city but we're going out there for business right now don't let the distractions you know take away from our goals so I do like that Um, and the second comment is about the city of Cincinnati it's not a quote but the fact that they closed schools on Monday uh-huh. because the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, U.S. government, just do it. Yeah. The Monday after the Super Bowl is a national holiday. Just do it. Take lead. They are the example. Follow the example. Definitely. I think more cities – more, I think the whole U.S. should do it, but at least more cities that have your host team in the Super Bowl should do it. I actually got a text from my brother who lives in the Cincinnati area, and he told me that, and I didn't believe him. But now I've seen it coming out more and more, and that is such a cool idea. It was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I also have learned this offseason that I guess gifts for players like that from head coaches must be becoming more common. 
Um, I'm going to tell this back to my Eagles roots because obviously I, I see more content about them than any other team. Nick Sirianni is trying to bribe uh, Jason Kelsey with kegs of beer to come back for, <laughs> just to stay out of retirement. Now you have, you know, the Bengals are telling their players they'll send them back to L.A. to experience it if they go out and win the Super Bowl and don't fool around during preparation week. It's it's nice to see, actually, that coaches like all these players, coaches are starting to come out a lot more. And it seems like the players play better for a player's coach like that. Absolutely. Absolutely, George. I think that's a good way to wrap this up. And I know we're going to talk about the Super Bowl in a little bit. But before we do, let's jump into our playoff challenge. So we'll start off our playoff challenge here, updating the leaderboard. So I'm sure Cody's already heard about this one. His fiance Jen had taken the lead on the leaderboard, 607 points, slightly passing Bo Dot Dot, who I already called out once. I'm going to call it again. Change your name. We have to figure out who you are if you do happen to win this thing. He's at 606, one whole point behind first place. Jim is in third, 585. Maddie in fourth, 574. And my girlfriend, Bree, is tied with the Couch GM's consensus team at 567, fifth place. So you know where the rest of us are at. Cody is 13th right now, Tyler 15th, and I am 18th. A lot can change going into Super Bowl week, depending on how many times four these guys got. And I mean, I know me personally, I only have two people at times four, but I had all I have all players that moved on with times two otherwise. So I'll probably make a little bit of a jump in the standings, but it's probably a little too late for me to get all the way up to the win. So obviously we don't know, like just because Jen's leading, she might not pull it off. We have to wait and see how the standings shake up after this week. But for our personal team, we have everybody moving on except for we lost Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So we have a quarterback and a tight end spot to fill in Super Bowl week. Uh, I believe Tyler was the next one to pick, but he is not with us. So Cody, I'll let you take the first pick of position you want to fill and I will take the second one. Gotcha. And I'm sorry if I just zoned out, but you did tell people who we have left, correct? I did not go through our full roster, so I can say we have times two points on Joe Mixon and Cam Akers. We have wide receivers. We have Odell Beckham at times two and Jamar Chase times four, Evan McPherson times four, and the Rams defense times two. Alrighty. So that, thank you for uh, letting the listeners know what, we have left, so we need a quarterback and a tight end. I get to pick one. George gets to pick the other. Um, and I'm going to go with the tight end. I'll let George duke it out between the tight end or the quarterbacks because I know who my my heart says I want to pick and who my head wants to pick for the quarterback, so I'll let George decide there. <laughs> um, now, we did get word today that we are expected C.J. Uzama to play, but Tyler Higby ended up going on IR because he won't be able to play. Um, so for that reason, I am going to – add Kendall Blanton, the backup tight end for the Rams, onto our list. I think he is a better option than a guy like Drew Sample, who's the backup for Uzama, because I think Uzama will play enough. Um, and I'm going to hope that got players that you know updated their roster right away might forget who put in Tyler Higby, because he was the number one guy. Even with the IR designation, he's still 33% started. Um, so hoping some of the guys teams in the league with us if they didn't aren't able to check the podcast out that they still have Tyler Higby and forget to make an adjustment because they did it last week after the conference rounds and forgot forgot to check so give me Kendall Blanton 
for our tight end. I'm kind of glad you went tight end because I was going to have a tough choice between CJ Uzama and Kendall Blanton. So I'm glad you just took care of that one, but it is not much easier of a choice looking at quarterbacks between Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow. And similar to you, I have a situation where my heart's pulling me one way my brain's pulling me the other. <laughs> um, I did take a look at their own percentages. Obviously it doesn't have to hundred percent because there are some people who kind of dropped off and were not paying as much attention. Matt Stafford is 40% started Joe Burrow 36. And I have a feeling that Joe Burrow did not get as much started in the beginning. Like maybe people picked up on him in weeks two or three of the playoffs, but he might not have been the most widely started quarterback in week one. Um, so may, there's probably majority of people in that 36% only have him on times two times three, not as much times four. Matt Stafford might be someone who is more on times four owned because he was more of a high point quarterback. I think more someone who was thought of had a chance to go to the Super Bowl more than the Bengals did. So I have to kind of decide, do I want to take the lower started percent quarterback and hope that we can kind of get up on the Matt Stafford owners? Do I want to take Matt Stafford and try to counter some people who may have him at times four? I'm, I think I like I've changed my mind two or three times just as I've been rambling because I've been regretting having to make a quarterback choice all day. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. We're going to pair Joe Burrow with our times four on Jamar Chase, and we're going to just hope it works out for us here in the end. We are in contention. He's probably not going to be the person that would win. Like either of these quarterbacks probably wouldn't be the person that would win us this. It'd probably end up being a Evan McPherson or Jamar Chase game. That's big. That would end up winning this thing for us. Yeah. I, when I said there was one with my heart and one with my head, my heart was Joe Burrow. My head was Matt Stafford. Um, I really didn't take into consideration. Like you mentioned, you know, people that had Stafford on times four, because I, I just have a hard time believing with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Hey, What's somebody's up? back. Tyler has joined the show in the middle here. Well, you just missed your pick at playoff challenge. So there's that. That's all right. What did I pick? <laughs> we have Kendall Blanton at tight end and Joe Burrow at quarterback. I like it. That's what I would have picked anyway. We're good. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Cody. You're in the middle of a sentence. No, it's all good. I'm glad to see Tyler. Tyler made it. Um, but I was just saying, I think both of these quarterbacks no one really picked them at the beginning. So I think there'll be a lot of people that have them at times two, but I don't think you have to really worry about quarterbacks being at times four because there were so many elite quarterbacks that got eliminated over the last three weeks. Yeah. So because we had Patrick Mahomes at times three last week, it's not going to make a huge difference on which one we pick. And honestly, even though, you're getting an average of 24 points out of Matt Stafford, an average of, I think it's 16, 16 out of Joe Burrow. I still think it's anybody's game on who could potentially score more in the Super Bowl. Burrow's going to be running for his life. Maybe we'll get some extra rush yards out of him or something. And, you know, there is also the possibility that the Bengals go down early and they have to throw the ball a lot more too. Um, you know, this game can either be close or the Rams can blow them out because they can't block. The offense line can't block the Rams front four or seven with however you want to break it down. So I definitely like the Joe Burrow pick, even though Matt St Stafford was probably the safer option. But I like not taking the safer option too, because like we've said plenty of times before, it gives us something different than the rest of the league. If we're going to win, we're not going to win by picking the same thing everybody else picked. We're going to win because we picked uh, the people nobody else expected. So I think Joe Burrow will not be the most highly picked player. So 
I think it's a good pick. I like it. That's who I was going to take. That is good. And like I said to Cody, I think Jamar Chase at times four is going to be the guy that has a better chance for it to win us that game, especially because I know he was not somebody who was top owned having on times four in the Super Bowl is big. We're talking a lot of Super Bowl. Why don't we just jump right in here to Super Bowl preview? So obviously, Super Bowl is the LA Rams playing as the away team in their home stadium against the Cincinnati Bengals. I did hear that they will still have their own locker room and the Bengals will be taking the Chargers locker room. So not a big change there for the Rams, except for the fact that they will actually get to call the coin toss. Um, right now, the line, the Rams are minus four. They are favored by four points and the over under is set at 48 and a half points. Tyler, I know you're a fairly big betting guy like me. Do you want to talk a couple of uh, betting options for this week before we jump into actual games and score predictions? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the Super Bowl is the most fun game to bet on. Uh, you can go with your same game parlays, pick who you think is going to win, pair it up with how many total points you think will be scored, pair it up with somebody you think will score a touchdown, have a chance to win some big money. Uh, the big thing is this is the week that betting apps use to try to bring in people. Uh, so if you are new to betting, now's your time to join because there's a lot of, you know, bet a dollar on the winner, you can win a hundred bucks or, um, bet a dollar and if anybody scores a touchdown you win 100 bucks like those kinds of things this could be your chance to make some quick uh easy money by joining some different apps uh but some of the fun bets for this week there's obviously bets you can look at for touchdown scores stats everything but some of the fun bets for this week is the biggest one is the coin toss uh that is definitely the biggest bet of the super bowl every year people losing their minds over the coin toss of the game um you know, people say tails never fails, but I've bet heads the last two Super Bowls and got it right. So I'm going heads a third straight time. Uh, I know the odds are not in my favor for a, a three-peat, but I'm going for it. Um, and then the other one is the over-under on the length of the national anthem, which is definitely an interesting one. You have to try to decide if the national anthem singer is a showboater or if they're a get-to-the-point kind of singer. It's Definitely some interesting ones. I'm sure there's plenty more funny bets out there. But guys, like I said, just go ahead and look. You don't have to bet big just to have fun. You can bet 10 cents on a bet and you're not losing anything if you lose and you're not winning much, but at least you're having fun. You have something to watch for. Definitely agree with that. Um, I believe it was soon before the Super Bowl was the first time that I placed my first bet. And yeah, the betting apps really do give you a lot of either gimme bets or bets where you could really multiply your money. So keep an eye out if you are going to join this week. Feel free to send us a message if you want any other advice on some uh, how to get started or whatever it might be. Guys, I think a lot of people always talk score predictions. You can give a little bit of an idea how you think the game's going to go as well. Cody, I'll let you start it off. Sounds good. Uh, before I give my score prediction, I do want to go back to the betting uh, real okay. quick. Um, the Gatorade color is also one of my favorite prop bets out there is which the Gatorade color. Um, and then I was on DraftKings and I maybe I'm an idiot because I'm, I'm new to betting. Uh, but what is the prop? Will there be an octopus? I saw that too and put a dollar on it because it's like a dollar to win 15 bucks. But I, I have a feeling that somebody is going to put a lot of money on that bet and bring an octopus into the stadium and try to force like their hand. I, I don't know. I saw that. I thought it was ridiculous. Is this a thing we're missing? <laughs> like, 
the Rams. Fans I, I saw it. It's literally. I don't know. I don't know. Is do Bengals but, fans, Cody? You went to a Bengals home game this year? No, I'm I'm so confused. I'm trying to Google it <laughs> while we're talking, but I was like, yeah. "What is? Will there be an octopus meme?" As a Predators fan in the National Hockey League, uh, Preds fans are known to bring catfish to the stadium and throw them on the ice mid-game. Uh, so that's definitely a weird thing for a sports team that people don't know about. Uh, but it is a thing. So I'm wondering if maybe that's a Rams thing. Maybe they bring octopus to the stadium and throw it on the field. I don't know. And it's not just held to the... Um, Preds either. I, I, I don't quote me on this because I'm not super up on my NHL team knowledge, but I think it's the Detroit Red Wings do an octopus or something similar. So like it happens in sports and it's a really weird tradition for the teams that do, but I don't think I never heard of that in the NFL. So I have no idea where that came from. Got it. I know what the um, octopus is. If you're ready for okay. a breakdown, I'm ready. We are stupid. Uh, an octopus is not an actual octopus being thrown on the field. Yeah, uh, we I just sound, found it too. <laughs> we are really dumb for saying this. An octopus is a player who scores a touchdown and then immediately after scores a two-point conversion, therefore scoring eight points uh, in one possession. An octopus. Wow. That is completely – we're going to ignore the last three minutes of us talking and just go right to that. <laughs> We might want to just cut that out. <laughs> we said no. no, we're going to leave it. Yeah, we're we're going to leave, leave it because it's entertaining for the fans, especially the ones that knew what an octopus was. We're like, how long are these guys going to ramble until we finally figure out what an octopus is? This is why we're the but couch I, I, GMs I, I, and not real GMs. Yes. I th- but I bet a dollar on it because Cooper Cup's definitely going to do that. So. <laughs> well, he's even calling his shot on the player. Why don't you call your shot on the score here while you're at it? All right, well. I know there's some reports out there that this was fake, but I don't. I refuse to believe it, even though I'm pretty sure it is fake. But <laughs> NFL memes put out a picture from the Simpsons saying Bengals beat LA 34-31. So even though there's been a lot of reports that that score is fake, I'm still going to go with that score, 34-31 Bengals. And one last note on betting: it was came out today that if that score does hit, that exact score. FanDuel will lose $40 million. <laughs> so Vegas isn't going to allow it also is what I'm hearing. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like 34-31 right. and the Bengals will score that touchdown to make it 31, but instead they're going to go for two randomly to make it 32. Even though it won't get the octopus. <laughs> get the octopus and to not... <laughs> allow the 34 to 31 that's what's gonna happen and then everybody will know that sports betting is rigged for sure yeah i got do you know how I many got times the i'm gonna go for an octopus in madden now sorry that was completely random but that's all i'm gonna do now in madden is just go sounds for like octopuses. we're hopping on madden as soon as we get off this podcast that's what i'm hearing <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with your 34 there, Cody, but I'm going to go with it the other way. I'm going 34 to 27 Rams win the game. Um, I really like the Bengals. I, I, I've i been saying this whole playoffs like I don't know if they're going to win, but I've never seen the team with as much heart and as much passion as the Bengals have right now. And I think that passion and heart is a dangerous, dangerous thing in the NFL playoffs or in any sports playoffs to be 
in general. I said it before, the Eagles went on and won the Super Bowl off of pure heart, not because of talent. Uh, granted, the Final Four included Blake Bortles and Case Keenum in that uh, Super Bowl. So that's totally different story. But I'm going to say that the Bengals offensive line is not going to be able to match the Rams defensive line. I think the Rams are going to have at least one defensive touchdown. Um, and I'm going to say the Rams win it 34-27. So I'll also note both of you are picking the over in score, the over set 48 and a half. And I have a feeling with the biggest game of the year, it's going to be really close. And I'm going to be the only person picking the under. So I've got 27 to 21 Rams, which would put it at 48 points, a half a point below the over. I think it's going to be the Bengals driving down the field at the end of the game. Joe Burrow needs that one final drive to get him a Super Bowl. Everyone thinks they're going to get it, and the Rams are going to come up with a big defensive play to slash those hopes and get Matt Stafford his first title. I also want to mention, speaking of Matt Stafford really quick, apparently in Detroit, there's stores selling Detroit Rams shirts. And it's like a mesh logo of the Lions and the Rams. And it's really dumb. It's basically all Detroit can hold their head up with now, knowing that their former quarterback went to another team and immediately went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb things about the Detroit Lions. Yep. I still remember the beginning of the season. I know this is random as well. I was watching a Lions preseason game, and don't ask me why I was. But they were like, season tickets available for as low as $80 a game and get a $100 gift card to the the pro shop. I'm like, excuse me? Please tell me I get season tickets for the Packers and a $100 gift shop to the pro shop for 80 bucks a game. What? It's amazing what you'll do when you don't have fans in the stands, when your team has been bad for so long. Yeah, it, it's – I don't know how I feel about it because on one hand, I'm like, you know, I, I was a big Mariota supporter when he was with the Titans and – if he went on to make the Super Bowl with another team and the Titans are out of it, I would cheer him on. But to go to the level that Detroit is right now for Matt Stafford, I, I don't know, man. Like I know Stafford was with Detroit and meant more to that city than Mariota did to Tennessee. So I know that's different, but I'm always going to go with Tennessee because that's just what I do. Um, but I'd love to see something like this happen with uh, another team, another city – Maybe a guy like, I don't know, Carson Wentz, who had a really solid career for one team and the city vilified him as soon as he left the team or before he even left the team. Uh, yeah, I wonder how other cities would handle something like this. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's not quite the same situation, um, but I will say the Eagles did have a pretty big following on the Chiefs and Andy Reid when they did finally get that first title. Um, but it also came like a year or two after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So I think it was a little bit less of like, oh, we've stunk forever. And now we just have like someone that came from us, like, you know, basically graduated from our team that's going on the Super Bowl. It's like we had our moment. Now Andy getting his. That's kind of how it was handled in Philly. How it would handle with Carson Wentz? Great. Great question. Would probably not be the same as Andy Reid. I'll tell you that much. Look, I, it's still it's still weird, though. Like even look at last year, like. There was a ton of Patriots fans that were rocking their Brady jersey for the Super Bowl, rooting for the Bucks, but they weren't going out and buying New England Buccaneers shirts, that, at least that I know of. Like, I hope they weren't. They weren't on the – you know, they would wear their Brady jersey. Like, I, if you're a Lions fan, heck yeah, I'd wear my Stafford jersey. I, you know, if 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to the Packers and he goes on to play another Super Bowl, as long as it's not against the Packers, I'll probably root for that team. I'm not going to lie. Like, same with Devontae Adams. If he's not back and he's on a team in the Super Bowl, like, I'd probably wear his jersey for the game. There's the guys that you enjoy rooting for. It's just like if Josh Allen was in the Super Bowl, we all love Josh Allen, we'd be rooting for him. But we're not going to go out and buy a Tennessee Bills shirt or a – well, George might buy a Philadelphia Chargers shirt. Let's let's be honest. For sure. Easily. George There's would not it. even a connection. Yet. Uh, yet. Didn't Darren Sproles Whatever. play in both places at one point? Yeah, with a stop in New Orleans in the middle. So I had to get a uh, San Diego Saints-Eagles shirt or something. I don't know. Once Miles so, Sanders so were... goes to the Chargers, he'll buy that shirt. Austin Eckler's there for a while. I'll make a bet. Where's Paul Turner at? Do you have a jersey shirt for him? <laughs> New Orleans, I believe. <laughs> so so your your San Philadelphia Saints shirt is still rocking? No, it, it's not, actually. But thank you for doing that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have another joke about this later when Travis Fulgham lands somewhere again. Or do you have the uh, Green Bay Eagles shirt over there? No, I don't. Dude, you were the one that's... You know what? I'm not even going to get into it. We talked about this, but <laughs> we're, we're off on a rail. I'll wrap the show up. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. Hopefully you win a lot of money. It's going to be a green Gatorade. That's just my prediction. Uh, but as always, green. thanks for listening to this week's yeah. episode of the Couch GMs podcast. Yeah, and I'm going to go with a lemon-lime Gatorade. The nastiest flavor is going to be the one poured out because it's the most left over. Um, that is going to be my prediction right there. But guys, as always... This podcast is more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. So reach out, comment, post, talk some smack, whatever you got to do, but just get involved with us. Definitely. And I'm going to go with the color that Cody just finished in his bottle, and that's blue on the Gatorade. So it's definitely going to be blue Gatorade on the sideline because they only keep blue Gatorade on the sideline. Thank you all one more time for listening in to the Couch GM's podcast. For Cody Roadcap and Tyler Snyder, I'm George Kurth. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll see you all next week. Boom.